You're listening to the Resonant Builder Podcast with Peter Wolfcamp from Newstalk ZB. And Ruth Kleinpass with me this morning. Good morning to you, Ruth. A very good morning to you, Peter. To you. Wasn't it interesting yeah. to hear it's lumber cider? And mm. I, I, there's something else. In the old days, I used to, I never paid for these pots. When I did my house, you know, you just, <laughs> that's changed, hasn't it? Yeah, I think, what are they, $2 or $5 or something like oh, that? But often, Rosine, actually, they do, if you bring in a can of food, um, they'll give you a test pot for free. A can of? Food. And they donate it to uh, food banks. Oh, good one. And then you, oh, can, on you can wander yeah, off. Yeah. Not all the time, but they, yeah. they do that as well. I always like that uh, with Rosines because they had, they have an, a really cool, cool variety of those things. A oh, really yeah. Cool. No, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It. And you're well... Hey. I'm I'm good, thank you. Good. I just wanted to make before we go and get lost in gardening. Yeah, sure. I wanted to talk about that. Everybody's heard about that kiwi in Miami, right? Uh, that that got but you can pay you a like, few dollars uh, and then you get to upset you get the to kiwi. pet it and and abuse it. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> I, and there was there was absolutely a wonderful. I love the fact that New Zealanders got really shitty about mm. that. Okay, th- don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's appalling it totally in terms of right. animal welfare. So not long ago, at the back of Ohopi Beach School, a kiwi was found mauled by a dog. This is not mm. once. This happens mm. all the bloody time. Mm. I just want to link these two up because if New Zealanders are really, really that safe or about their kiwi, or their, their taonga, or that concerned about their taonga, yeah. keep your blinking dogs on a lead when you go for a walk. Mm. It's the only thing I tell kids, they are my rangers, they got to call it. So if you got a 10-year-old telling you to keep your dog on the lead, you know why. Yeah. It's interesting, eh? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, just to actually, while we're talking about, I suppose the exciting thing about the return of many native species into you know, environments where they've been missing for the last 100 years or so is mm-hmm. that we're likely to encounter them. And then the other day on a local Facebook page for, for Devonport, where I live, someone yeah. had a kaka in there feasting <laughs> on berries and, and in the tree. So go. that's amazing. There you go. And this is the point. We have to actually relearn how to live mm. on this planet, how to live in Aotearoa, and how to live with the returning wildlife. You're absolutely right. I love the comment from the person that posted it as well, saying that the resident Tui was not at all impressed about the arrival of this rather large competitor. <laughs> oh, here is actually, Peter, this is not this is not a joke. This is yeah. true. On Great Barrier, there mm. are kaka that are damaging the crops of people that grow fruit on right. trees. Yep. And what they do there, this is a, a wonderful, uh, I, I, I remember this 10 years ago, I got this tip. What you do is you plant a heck of a lot of flax around those trees to attract the tui because they have no sense of humor, right? right. When some when, when a kaka <laughs> comes into their territory, they chase the kaka away. This is biological control with uh, clever planting. Brilliant. There you go. Brilliant diversity, eh? Rightio, let's rip into it. A very good morning to you, Lorraine. Good morning. I'm uh, living in a village and um, uh, produced a, a sheet of how to use coffee grounds in, in your garden because the, garden, the soil isn't all that good. Use it sparingly and there's all sorts of things like blowing up a hydrangea and things like that. The head gardener <laughs> here has, um, has 
printed a sheet off for me, told me I can use it in my garden, but certainly not in anyone else's, and that it's you don't put coffee grounds in the garden. Um, I just wonder what Rude thinks about this. You know, the sheet I did was that they'd be, it'd be used sparingly, so you, know, you yeah. can't use it around succulents and cactuses and things like that because it holds moisture. It, it was quite informative and said what the breakdown of, of coffee grounds were, so they're all good for the garden. I wonder yeah. what Rude thinks about it and whether he would use it in his garden. Lorraine, I, I, my hummingbird coffee goes into the garden. Make no mistake. Yeah. And the best thing to, to advise on top of everything you've done, you've done absolutely correct. Everything you've sent to me is like, yes, tick, tick, tick. The thing that I would add is that if you've got a compost bin, chuck it through a cycle of the compost and you yeah. are winning. And, and, and here's the other thing. You're right with, with some of the plants that don't like too much water logging. I totally agree with you. Um, you, you basically make sure that they don't get inundated with water, have too much organic material that holds the water in the soil. That is the only exception, I suppose. But chuck it through a cycle of the compost bin and you even better off than that. 10 out of 10, Lorraine. Keep it up. Thank you. <laughs> All the best to you, Lorraine. You take care. Thanks. And Anna, a very good morning to you. Hello, good morning. Thank you very much for, for talking to me. Um, I have um, uh, a question. I got a couple of apple trees which uh, need to be pruned, but their leaves are still green. Shall I wait <laughs> for the leaves to fall or can I yes, do please. it now? Yeah, you could do it now, but I wouldn't. I would wait till you got a good good view of how the skeleton looks, the skeleton of the naked oh, tree. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? You got a much yeah, better yeah, I view. And and the best time to do it is June, July. So from now onwards, but those leaves will fall quite quickly. I hope, Anna. <laughs> oh, I see. So I I should actually wait, be patient, and wait till them to fall. Just just wait till July. That's a good time. Okay, but thank you so much. More than, no more than welcome. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank Take you. care. Bye. All the very best. And Johnny, very good morning to you. Oh, g'day. Uh, before my question, I just want to say um, I'm also growing kaka beak. Um, ah, yeah. Part of the project. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good. Um, I've just had them pop up. I put them in some soil and um, went and put them in the hot water cupboard and they're going into the glass house um, for it to break out in spring. So that's ah, going good well. man. Good man. I've got, got a bit of a problem. I've bought some um, prima apple trees, and yeah. I was going to espalier them, uh, yeah. but they're only two years old, and I've already had a massive problem with um, what I think is a fungal attack. The leaves look like they've um, they look like spider webs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely had it. We've had so much rain here in Tauranga. Um, the Yates um, liquid copper fungicide I bought. Um, I put it on, and then a few days later it rained, so I yeah. sort of stuffed it up. I'm just asking, how long should I wait before I go again for the for the liquid copper? When, well, I, in this case, why if it if that I know rain washes off what you've put on, and this is just the problem with a lot of different uh, organic materials, which is what makes them so safe, but also not as efficient as some of the non-organic in this case, fungicides. Um, so if you've got leaves back on your apple tree uh, and I you're have. looking at, have you still got some? Yeah, I've lost about 40%, uh, 30 to 40%, but I've still got the rest. I think you should whisper in the trees ear that it's actually well into autumn and that until the 22nd of June when we turn into winter and that it's time for those leaves to bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> 
well seen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's number one. Number two is that, that what I was going to say is that if you get new leaves in springtime and you let them, if you like, mature a little bit, a week or two, you know, then you give them a, a systemic fungicide. There are quite a few in the in the shops where you normally get your gear. And that systemic stuff is actually taken up by the leaves, goes through the plant and goes into the leaves. So it can't be washed off. Ah, well that sounds a lot better. Okay, I'll start um, looking at the Google box and, and find yep. some, some product. <laughs> yeah, and you ask so much. You, you got it, and ask your local provider what is a good fungicide for this sort of stuff. They've got their own prefer- preferences usually. Yeah, it might even work on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheers, and, mate. And, hey, yeah. hey, man, hey, yeah. Johnny, Johnny, yeah. have you ever heard of Athlete's Bottom? <laughs> not not till now. <laughs> no, there you go. There's another one. Goodbye. <laughs> All the best to you, Johnny. You take care. Actually, just going back to Lorraine's court, she was talking about the coffee grinds and using it to colour up hydrangeas. There was a text as well. What's the right time to prune hydrangeas? Oh, uh, now basically, but yeah. you can do it from now on. And you go down to the if you leave, you leave three. I usually leave three, or Julie, sorry. I should say Julie, leaves three buds behind. So that gives you the new plant for next year. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure whether coffee grinds, is that, uh, whether, whether are that good for, for blowing up or blowing up hydrangeas. I think what that basically does is gives you uh, microorganisms and micro feed, if you like, in the soil. Whether it's blue or pink, I don't know. But does changing the feed change the color of the hydrangeas? Yes, it does. Ah, all right. Yes, yeah, a normal hydrangea that's blue, the best thing to do with the hydrangeas that are blue is actually to put spent uh, flowers back onto the soil underneath because that keeps the hydrangea quite blue. I think it's alum- aluminium sulfate or something. I always My chemistry is not that great, Peter, sorry. But I think it's aluminium sulfate that makes it blue. I could be totally wrong. About, it could be the one that's pink. I always forget. I was back at my old school, uh, De La Salle College in Mangere, a couple of oh, months yeah. ago, and um, the brothers still live on site, and, and two of the brothers, one of whom taught me, so brother Sir Patrick Lynch was my teacher and seventh form principal at the time, and yeah. so I remember chatting with him, and he says, yeah, I, the, the gardens are fantastic at the school, and, and him and the other brothers, brother John, they are always out there pruning and looking after the hydrangeas, and he was telling me at... Uh, little gathering a little while ago that he changes the the chemical composition of his feed and he gets different colours in the hydrangeas. Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Cool, eh? I have to say, a nice garden at a school is great. Isn't that important? Yeah, it really is. Like, yep. I, I went there and I, I was struck just by, it was just beautiful. They had roses, they had hydrangeas, they had some natives, they've got a stream where the yeah. kids are doing biology and science and, and that, you know, it's just fantastic. Yeah. You know, really with, with, the, with, with the Tremendous mm. and, and the field-based mm. stem that I've been to various schools, there's a school somewhere in the Wairapa, uh, Tinui School, where we translocated a few tree wetter back to the school. And the right. kids, they have a complete picture of which leaves, for instance, Mahoy, have got which, if you like, holes eaten by wetter in them. And they can report back every day saying somebody's been eating this particular leaf right. and we know it's happened last night because it wasn't here yesterday. And this is what I mean. You get this total immersion Beautiful. in how it all works and you're not even there. It's daytime. Yeah, ah. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll take a break back in just a moment. You're with News Talk ZB coming up uh, 10 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Hey, Matt. 
Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, we'd, um, ten, about 10 years ago, we planted about 20 uh, pittosporum behind the house to form a hedge. Now, they got up to about 1,500 high, and, uh, or about four or five of them turned their toes up, and the rest of them carried on growing. They've grown up to about three metres. Now, we pulled those um, dead plants out and planted um, Fatinia red robin in there, and they took off all right, um, and about half of them are now starting to keel over as well. What, what was the first hedge you used, uh, Matt? The first one was a, a, a pittosporum. It was, um, I think it was a silver sheen, I think it was called. Okay, pitto. Okay, and yeah. now you've got a robin, a red robin. Okay. Um, no, is that... it just filled in the, in the dead ones. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. There. Yeah, and it looks and it, uh, I I don't mind about mixed hedges generally speaking, but if you want a monotone hedge, it's of course a bit of a trick. Look, is that a place that is wettish? Can it be yeah, relatively yeah. wet? Well, then there might be there might be a there might be a phytophthora or some sort of root rot disease in that patch, and some plants. Yeah. Some plants, you see, the problem with Phytophthora and that sort of things, and there's other, there's Altenaria and all sorts of not, uh, rubbish in there. Um, some particular rots are very specific to certain tree species. Others go to different ones. So it is yeah. just a, a game of finding out what will survive there. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so well, if you, for instance, it's not, if you have a, it's not an ornamental hedge as such; it's just a, a shelter hedge which yeah. is sort of out of sight. So, you know what I um, find is is a really cool hedge that grows quickly and is is uh, is seems to be resistant to everything you throw at it in terms of fungal stuff, and it is uh, a native. I've lost it now. I've totally lost it. I can see it. Uh, uh, doesn't matter. I'll, I'll, if I if I think about it before we end, uh, I'll, I'll let you know. No, I lost it. It's growing at the moment. We, on we, we live out by the sea. Is there anything particular that would, would suit out here? Anything with nice shiny leaves. Oh, Coprosma lucida, the, the shining Coprosma. Mm. It yeah. has a shiny yeah. leaf because all the water dr literally drops off. Salt okay. water. Now, there's a couple of citrus trees in the same vicinity, and they're not very happy. That would be wet feet too, would it? Yes, very likely, yeah. 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 Drainage. Okay. Actually, it might almost be good to start a drainage project. You know, dig something in the ground that takes the weight, yeah, water away from where you are. Yeah. yeah, and that'll get rid of the disease if I get it drained. Well, it will It will give the disease a hard time because it likes its, yeah. its uh, particular wet spaces. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, okay. the tree I was thinking about is Nio, N G A I O. Oh, yeah. Seriously, yeah, quick grow, yeah. grow. Wow. Yeah, okay. I'll have a look for that. Okay. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks for that, guys. All the very Bye. best. You take care. And Vinod, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning. Hey, I got a question. I got um, pomegranate tree, uh, which is about ten years old, but no fruits. Oh, do you fertilize it at all, Vinod? Uh, yes, in the beginning, a couple of years, but I did, but uh, nothing coming out, so I've given up. Yeah. I'm just quickly, I have no, never grown pomegranates, um, right. and I don't know if they need anything specifical, specific, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I think... I think pomegranate really need a fertilizer that you would normally use for fruit 
carrying plants, such as right. tomato fertilizer, but also okay. rose fertilizer, that sort right. of stuff. Stuff right. either that is for good f- fruit or good flowering, because flowering right. and fruit needs potash. Yeah. Sulfate of potash is the key. Right. And w- what about um, the mandarin trees? Same thing, uh, nothing, no fruit yet. Absolutely. Mandarins would also like some potash. And they would like, mandarin trees would like to be fertilized at least twice a year, spring and summer. And if you do it three times, it'll really reward you. Okay. All right. (laughs) Thank you very much. There you go. All the very best, Yevon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Let's talk plum trees with Brent. Hello, Brent. Yeah. Hi. Hey, G'day, mate. We've got a big Christmas plum tree. We've had it for years. It's massive. It's always got loaded up at Christmas time. The small little round ones, small. Yeah. Um, but the thing went. It dropped all its leaves like it normally does. And now the now the thing's got leaves on it, and it's even got plums on it that are going red, but they're like rock um, yeah. <laughs> because of all this mad weather. So, what happens now? Nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. Just let it be. They'll, they'll, those things will drop off. They're probably inedible anyway. They might be food for all the native birds that eat them. And just uh, hope that next year you will get a normal season, Brett, because this looks, this sounds really weird, eh, to have plums now. Well, my, my other plum trees um, did the same thing, and it's got buds on it and flowers. So uh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Have, uh, you, have you, by the way, Brett, have you... Uh, uh, trimmed your or uh, you know trimmed your plum trees yet? No, I did. I did the other one last year, but this one's a massive one. It's about thirty meters high. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like that. It was like that when we came here. But so, but every year um, the neighbour on the other side gets a massive feed, and we get a feed. And um, but this year, I don't think anyone's going to get anything. <laughs> I so love it. That's a good size too, you know. Yeah. Okay. But the point I was going to make is that as autumn time, and you're late in autumn now, uh, is the is the time to uh, to 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 prune your plums. Basically, not winter. It's one of those things that plums need to do earlier. Yeah, I just I just found it. Yeah, I I <laughs> I, I understand, but I I can't couldn't figure out why it dropped its leaves, which it normally should do, and next yeah. minute it's, it's back in flower, and then next minute it's got. Um, plums on it. Yeah, uh, it's crazy difficult. stuff, eh? Yeah. We really, really appreciate difficult. it, Brett. You take care. Um, I mean, I pruned the plum tree at our place. I look at it out from the living room, and it's still got leaves on it. It's just yes. as stubborn Same as all get out at the moment. I did get some uh, Google thing about pomegranates. It needs <laughs> full sun. There ah, you go. That's brilliant. one of them. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, there might even be a bit of that around for parts of the country in the next few <laughs> days. So, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> oh, mate, look after yourself. See ya. Take care. Uh, thank you very much for your company here at News Talk ZB. Uh, thank you uh, for being part of the show. Have a good week. Enjoy a day off tomorrow. We'll be back with you again next Sunday. For more from the resident builder with Peter Wolfcamp, listen live to News Talk ZB on Sunday mornings from 6 or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.